We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We'll get to just a couple quick questions here, uh, just uh, just from some some folks. Here's an interesting one from Brandon Plensner. Uh, is this the game where Tommy Reese proves his value or signs his death warrant? That's yeah, a little bit – I don't like the phrase, but honestly, yeah. if the offense lays an egg in this game, I just don't think Coach Reese can recover from that reputation-wise. I just – no matter what – I mean, if they go out and they – they score on B- Navy, BC, and USC. The response is, well, those, none of those teams can play any kind of defense at all. Right? right. This is your chance to kind of do something against a really good team, you know, and salvage your season. And I think this is a game that could, could prove his value. Now he has to follow that up, but I think this is the, this game could be the beginning of it. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's something that necessarily proves his value and fully. But I do think it could be the beginning of the end if they don't, if they just, if they look like they have offensively in the last month, then yeah, I think this could, could be a tough. I, I think, I think you labeled it perfectly yesterday, Brian. Like this could be the trend toward changing the narrative, right? But it's not going to change the narrative just based upon one football game, or it could be the end, right? Like there's not mm-hmm. too much, there's not too, like, it's very it could go downhill very quickly. And if it's going to go uphill though, it's going to be kind of an exponential you gotta right. stack games type of thing. And right? you look That's back and say, This is when it started. Exactly. That's what you would do is you'd yeah. look back at this game and say, This is when it started. Agree mm-hmm. completely. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Here's a, we'll just get a couple more here, Ryan. We're not going to get to too many of these because we, we've, we've gone really long and, and we've got a lot of, Ryan's got a lot of phone calls to make and I've got to get some things ready here too. Jonathan Gabrick says, this is a good question, Ryan. He says, because I have the, I have an opinion on this. I'm going to share mine and then I want to get hear what you have to say on it. Okay. Jonathan Gabrick says, is this the year, is this year, does this year give an even stronger argument for 12 team playoff? especially with the conference alignment of four of the top five teams. To me, Ryan, the opposite is true. This is the year that shows there's no reason to expand to 12 teams. Hmm. LSU is sitting there at 10 with two <laughs> losses, a blowout. Yeah. I mean, they are so far removed from the top teams. In my opinion, there's a huge gap between one, two, and three and four. Right, mm-hmm. I think Clemson's four. There's a big gap between Ohio State, Georgia, and out and and, and uh, um, Tennessee and Clemson, right? Yeah. And, and so, to me, this is a year that shows why are we doing twelve teams? There are there are not anywhere close to twelve teams that are championship caliber football teams. Now, the the furthest I could go with this is eight. 18, this year yeah. might show why there's an eight because mm-hmm. eight this year could beat one. If you look mm-hmm. at getting a UCLA or an Oregon in that kind of team, you know that kind of team in. But you go past that, and it's like no. I mean, you're talking yeah. about Ole Miss would be in right now. Tulane would be in right now. Who wants to watch that? Who wants to watch Ole Miss go getting just curb stomped by somebody in the first round of the playoff? You know, who wants to go watch you? Uh, you know, LSU going and get murdered by somebody in the first round of the playoff with three losses on the season. You know, something like that. So yeah. yeah, this year's the opposite, Ryan. In my opinion, what's your take? Hey. Eight's the number. I've been on this bandwagon for a few years for me, right? Like there are going to be some years like this one where there isn't maybe a great, great team. Like Tennessee looks like that team, but like that could change that, that opinion could change very quickly, right? Like we're, you know, how many elite teams are in college football this year? I do think that there's kind of like a second group of teams that are pretty close together this year. I know. I see it. Zero. I see it. I see it. Zero. But. I, I I do think, Brian, that there is some merit to an eight-team playoff. I really do. Because right. I, I do think, you know, in a lot of years, I don't think it's just like one or two years. Like in a lot of years, there is like a second group that's kind of – there's like a lack of separation between these teams, right? Like there's a little bit of a middle ground. So I'd be okay with eight. I agree, though. Twelve is way too much. I mean, to your point. I, it, I don't even like eight because I don't think there's yeah. ever been a year where eight teams are championship caliber. Never. Now, the most That's I've ever said fair. is six. Fair. The most, fair. I, like, there was a year where I thought, was it 2018, mm-hmm. when Ohio State did get in at 13 and one? And mm-hmm. I think it was, was it Oklahoma? No, it, Oklahoma, Georgia didn't get in. And Georgia had two losses that year, but they were a pretty good team that year. And mm-hmm. then after that, it was over. I will still contend that the yeah. best way to do it is the, the, the format that I've proposed in the past. 
give me the bowl games back. Give me the traditional bowl games back and pick your four after the bowl games. That's what Mm -hmm. I'd like to see back. Let these teams play each other out of conference, see who does it. Because now you're seven, you can have a chance to prove you belong in the top four. You know, mm-hmm. so if you're the number seven team, if the if things fall your way, you could go from seven to four or five to two. You know, mm-hmm. those are the things I'd like to see. Where then we find out, okay, is there more than four teams? But so you're you're expanding the playoff without mm-hmm. necessarily expanding the playoff. That's still the best way. And then pick your four after that is what I would do. That's so there's a yeah, that would be the way that I would go with it. So, uh, but no, tw- there. 12 is fun. It's it's all that. But like people say, well, you know, that means more teams can say they made the playoff. No, because all it does is cheapen what being being a playoff team means. It's like name me a power five conference that their basketball coach gets a raise for consistently going into the NCAA tournament and getting knocked out in the first round. Right. Well, he made the NCAA tournament. Well, now there's 68 teams. Nobody cares anymore. This isn't like back in the day, like when Digger Phelps was coaching and they beat UCLA. There's only like, what, 32 teams at the most made the college, made the NCAA basketball tournament. Now mm-hmm. that's when you can brag about it. So now it's like if you're not going to the Sweet 16, you're 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 not really having a successful year. If you're at a yeah. big time school, it, eventually it's going to be like, well, okay, yeah, you're the 12 seed. Who cares? You know what <laughs> I mean? So I don't care. Basket, basket, college basketball is wild, man. It's like, oh man, we made the NCAA tournament. It's like 64 teams made right. the NCAA There's 68 now, Ryan. That's it's oh, like 60, it's, it's oh, 68 now because right. you have the four right. play-in games. Yeah, good point. So, I forgot about those. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's nuts. It's wild, it's man. Nuts. It's but wild. I mean, Jonathan, I get I get where you're coming from. I just I just kind of see it differently. Mm-hmm. I see it different. We got a couple of super chats. Or well, here's one I want to get to before we get to the super chats at the end, right? Jeff Fluke with a good question. Do you think this Tennessee team will be able to sustain the winning way, or will they be like LSU and have a new coach in three years? Uh, I want to get your I, thoughts I think, on that, Ryan. I, I think it's going to be able to sustain it because what I think that they're doing really well is that they're recruiting at a very high level. And I just believe in this coach more than a couple coaches that LSU has had, you know, like they've won, you know, like Ed Orgeron put together one crazy year, right? Like, I, I just think that what I've seen of Josh Heupel, I think that there is a, there's a level of belief that I have in him as a coach at one. And that I also think that he's going to recruit at a very high level. And then like, Hey, let's be honest about it. Right. Tennessee has a lot going for them. In the NIL department, they have a lot going for them in the cell, in Nashville, all that type of stuff, right? Like, I think it's going to be a desirable place for a lot of talented players to go. And I just have a lot more belief in Josh Heupel than I did about a couple LSU coaches. To your point on that one, Ryan, Mm -hmm. the one difference is, is when LSU had that one year, they had to go away from what their coach believes in. Yeah. And Tennessee's winning with doing what this coach was brought in to do. And Mm -hmm. that's the difference. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Auburn is another example with Gene Chizik, where he won a title and then two years later he's fired. Again, he was a defensive coach that just happened to get a generational quarterback. I think mm-hmm. that Hendon Hooker's a phenomenal player right now, but he's not a generational talent. Sure. You know, so it's 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 a lot of I mean, he's the perfect guy for that system, mm-hmm. but it's not like they went and got Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun right. Watson and just rode them like Clemson did. It's, sure. it's a lot of stuff that you look and say, you can repeat that. I mean, Jalen mm-hmm. Hyatt's a good football player. He's not Devontae Smith. The system is creating that a lot. You know what I mean? Cedric Tillman's a good football player. Yes. He's not – he's not – He's Garrett He's Wilson, also he's right? also a you know, fifth, like, he's a fifth-year senior. Like, there's a right. reason that he's been in college for five years comparative. Yes. Right. Yeah. Because he's not mm-hmm. an elite talent. So, yeah. so you start getting the players that have that ability – 
as long mm-hmm. as he, here's my only fear. Here's my only fear. Can Josh Heupel manage the personalities the way that they're recruiting? That's mm-hmm. the concern. Because what I feel like yep. you have now is you'll have a lot of kids who like fit, you know, Hendon Hooker overlooked for crew. You know, Jalen Hyatt was a top four star, top 200 kid, but he wasn't like an elite five star getting big NIL deals out of high school. Right. Same with Cedric Tillman. Those guys are good football players. They weren't like bum recruits, but they were guys, they're hungry. They have a chip on their shoulder. Can right. he sustain this with the kids they're going out and buying? That's mm-hmm. the big question that I have. Now, because, but, it, but it's, it's not about, I, I like the scheme. I like the way he's running it. They play discipline. Like they're a very well coached team. It's can you manage the personalities as you get, as you get bigger names into your program? That's going to be the question. What, what I find really, what I find really interesting about it too, Brian, is like you mentioned it, right? Hennon Hooker, I think, is a really, really good football player. Mm-hmm. Not an elite talent though. Cedric Tillman's not an elite talent. He's doing a lot with good talents right now. Like I don't think that this team is as talented as it can be in the next couple of years, right? Like their offensive line, I mean, their right tackle is a pretty solid football player. Otherwise, not a ton of talent up front. Defensive line wise, they have a couple of good defensive ends, but it's not like thorough as far as like. On paper, they should not be as good as Alabama or Georgia are right now. And that's what gives me hope for Josh Heupel is the fact that I, talent is only going to get better in Knoxville right now. And if it gets better with the coaching that he's doing, you have to think that it's going to look pretty darn good here moving forward. So that's part of the reason that I'm like, OK, I can buy into that a little bit. Like sustainability, I think, is there. Uh, we have a super chat from John Long. I'm not quite sure what this means, Ryan, but John Long left a super chat. He said, did he just call someone else oh, Rocket? I know what oh, it is. No, it was, no, no, my friend. <laughs> yeah, it was for uh, Raheem Sanders, the running back for Arkansas. His nickname is also Rocket. I'm sorry, John. Gotcha. Okay, I, did, I, I didn't, I didn't hey, give him the nickname. He man. didn't name him. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one Rocket, baby. <laughs> yeah. Kirsten Paul with a super sticker. Thank you very much. And then Brandon gave a super chat at the end. Brandon, thank you very much. Uh, two quick Big Ten games, Ryan. Purdue at mm-hmm. Iowa. Uh, we'll do that one first in Maryland and Wisconsin. So let's talk Purdue at Iowa. I just – I think Iowa can keep Purdue's points down, but you could keep Purdue to 13 points and still lose. Yes. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's point blank, man. At the end of the day, like, even if Purdue's offense struggles a little bit, I mean, Aiden O'Connell just needs to put together a couple of drives, right, and you're probably in a decent like, bro, spot. I just need like two touchdowns, bro. That's all what? we need. Just give me two. Just give me two, and, baby, and we can get and, this dub. There's no doubt. And, and Purdue's defense has played pretty well this year, Brian, for the yeah, most part, right? So, yeah. yeah, give me Purdue in that one. Give me Purdue. Yeah, I like that one as well. Maryland-Wisconsin is an interesting one because I feel like the Maryland hype train is back in effect. You yeah. know, now that they've won a couple games, it's like everybody's just jumping on the, oh, Wisconsin. <laughs> I'm sorry, I said Maryland. I meant Wisconsin. Uh, the Wisconsin hype train is back. You know, they are the most overhyped team in the country every year recently. I said it last year they weren't going to be as good as people thought. I said it this year they were going to be as good as people thought. Uh, still might win the West, but it would be ugly. They're sitting there at four and four. It's kind of like they yeah. went out and blew out Northwestern, and then all of a sudden the next week everyone's predicting them to beat Michigan State on the road, and I was like, nope, not happening. And they lost to Michigan State. <laughs> Guess what? Michigan State stinks, right? Then I, then I, now, here's the thing. They had a very nice win over Purdue last week, really nice win, and that was like the worst thing that could happen to Wisconsin when it comes to the, or to the Wisconsin hype train. But they actually you know, looked good in a game that they actually won. Uh, it was a down game for Purdue, obviously uh, defensively, but they are now at home again against Maryland, who is a surprising six and two football team. And yeah, one of their losses was a really hard fought game against Michigan. 
Uh, mm-hmm. I thought they battled Michigan really well that game. Their other loss was a two-point home loss to Purdue, a game they honestly should have won, Ryan. So yeah. uh, Maryland is a better football team. Wisconsin has won, what, uh, two out of their last three, right? Three mm-hmm. out of their last four, I believe. No, I'm sorry. Um, that's that's Maryland. Maryland has won three to the last four. Wisconsin has won two of their last three, so I was correct. So, Ryan, how do you see this one playing out? Um, I think Wisconsin's at home. I think that's kind of yeah. – that's how I made my prediction. <laughs> Who's at home? Yeah. Wisconsin? Well, give me Wisconsin. Yeah, give me give me Wisconsin in this one. And it's mostly just this says more again again about Maryland than Wisconsin. Like you said, Maryland's sitting at six and two. Like they're on a pretty good spot. But I feel like Maryland always does this, man, where they're like, oh wow, Maryland's trended up. And then they lay a goose egg against someone where you're just like, oh, they're not back yet. Right. That's that's Maryland in a nutshell under Mike Loxley. So give me Wisconsin. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. There's no big reason. It's just I can't trust Maryland. At home. That's all it is. I don't trust yeah. either one of these two teams. So I went with the home team. I'm right there yeah. with you, Ryan. Right there with mm-hmm. you. Somebody <laughs> said I think we broke Wisconsin last year. Yeah, to a degree. But they were that team. We've talked about that before the year. They were not that team that everybody thought they were. Yeah. I'm just responding to this real quick, real quick from Jordan yeah. uh, Zrabic. Jordan said, uh, I think I'm saying that right. Maybe it's Grabic. Uh, I see Notre Dame offered the wide receiver committed who decommitted from Texas Tech. Did coach bring up Lions at all in the stream if he's trending away, if we made another offer, or just a recruiting safety net? Uh, you know, for me, honestly, Jordan, we, we've talked a little bit about this. Mm-hmm. This is the thing that's more on the message board. I will simply say this. Notre Dame's, Notre Dame's offer to him is not something that was in response to his decommitment. This mm-hmm. has been something to, that was sort of um, contingent upon his decommitment. Uh, yeah. And so he is visiting this weekend. There has been, there's been back and forth debate on, you know, him decommitting and, and going, you know, being public with it. So that way Notre Dame can bring him in an unofficial. We had reported that he was going to make it an unofficial. That's what he had kind of decided, told Notre Dame. Uh, the staff really has been working to try to make it an official, which meant he had to decommit. And that's what he has done. Uh, we'll kind of leave it at that, right? Because we want you to go join the message board. But uh, we'll have an update here in a little bit about how we see this playing out. But I did put something on the board also, right, about what it would mean if he decommits before the visit. So you'll want to check that out a little bit. But I, I like yep. where Notre Dame is at. I also wanted to respond to some folks that were saying that uh, no, that Tayshawn Lyons moved on from Notre Dame. Um, it's it's the other way around. So uh, we'll just kind of leave it at that and, and go from there. But uh, that's kind of what we'll say here, Jordan. So everybody, thank you so much for being with us today. This was a fun show, Ryan. I enjoyed it. Uh, got to learn that your name is Squirrel now. Very much thoroughly enjoyed that. So uh, and then we'll be, uh, and, and again, please, please stop talking about things that Rival says, right? Rival says, yeah, just, just stop. I don't want to hear what Rival's reports. Brian, did you um, hear that Rival said Brendan Vernon's going to decommit? It's crazy, yeah, man. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop talking to me about what Rival says. Ryan's obviously being sarcastic there for people who can't see, who are listening to the podcast, who can't see the look on his face. He's being sarcastic. So anyway, uh, Ryan, that is going to do it for today's show. Tomorrow, 10 a.m., Vince and Sean Styers are back for IB Nation countdown to kickoff. You'll definitely want to check that out. They'll have everything you need to know about the Notre Dame game tomorrow night. We will be tailgating tomorrow. We'll probably start between like around one and two is when we're going to be there. We're going to be in the stadium lot. We'll have food. I'm going to be there. Vince is going to be there. 
uh, we're gonna it, it, look for us, right? And I'll, I'll when I when we get set up, I'll send out a, a picture on Twitter and I'll put it on the message board of kind of where we are. Come find us if you're on campus tomorrow. You do not have to be an IB Nate or IB message board member to be at the tailgate. There is no fee. There's no donation. We don't charge you. Look, we've said this before. If you're a part of this community, whether it's a paying member on the message board or someone who watches the show regularly, you're a part of the Irish Breakdown community, right? And you're helping us build our business, whether you're giving direct money or not, okay? You're a part of our community. And when we have things like this, you're welcome. Friends are welcome. Your friends are welcome. Your family are welcome. All that kind of stuff. We'd love to meet all of you um, at that tomorrow. So we will be tailgating tomorrow before the Clemson game. So for Ryan, I'm Brian. Hit the like button, folks. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. Share this podcast. Check out the merch store. Sign up for the message board at the bottom. If you're listening via podcast, give us a five-star review. We would greatly appreciate that. And, of course, have a great day. And we'll talk to you again very soon on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.